Hey guys and girls, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian, and as always, on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Matt, how you doing today, buddy? I am very good. Um... You feel a little bit let down. You, I know I've knocked you out of our uh, out of our salary cap. Lead. No, no, no. <laughs> the first I'm, top, finals. I'm top four, so I get a second chance. You do. So you I, do. You I'm actually first good. actually in that league. So yes, the joys of um, percentage rather than points for. Oh Jesus Christ! Don't get me started <laughs> on this argument because I'm a good one thousand points higher than you. But I'm, I'm not bringing it up on air. I was point two percent above someone, so <laughs> I got the win. Oh God! It was um yeah, it was a tough match, but. A lot of people this week would have had their first week of finals in draft leagues, particularly with a top six structure. This week coming, round 21, will be the first week of finals. Yes. So we've got to dive right into some games because there's some big, big fantasy topics to get into. Absolutely. Make or break time. Absolutely. So we'll go into the first game, which was Friday night, North Melbourne and Hawthorne. Kind of a little bit of a letdown having these two teams on a Friday night. I mean, not particularly fantasy-friendly or fantasy-relevant. Uh, really. there's, yeah. There's not a lot. I mean, I mean, both teams are pretty much solely draft-relevant for me. Yeah. But... There's a couple of guys from Hawthorne that I like the look of, even from Salary Cap. Yeah, but I mean, most of the guys... <laughs> I'm looking at from a draft perspective, though, are going to be owned at this point. So. Yeah, absolutely. You're, and you're not going to be able to weasel a trade normally at this time of the year. It's really hard as you're heading into finals. Yeah, I mean, this game in general was weird. I only watched the first quarter and then I had something on and Hawthorne were destroying it. <laughs> and then, I don't know what happened after I left. but no, something odd. But yeah, we'll get straight into it. So North Melbourne, Sean Higgins, Ben Brown had a one good game in mm-hmm. about five. I, I think actually it's one good game in eight. He seems to crack the ton every... Seven to eight games. He's very hit or miss. If you can pick his good weeks, then oh. you're, he's the perfect streaming option. It's you just difficult. Ben Brown's good weeks. You're doing a lot better than everyone else in fantasy football. <laughs> that's for damn sure. And Toddy Goldstein broke the ton. Jack Zebel performed well, which is good to see, but annoying for a lot of coaches that would have traded him out. Oh, he performed well, but not well enough. No, 97. I mean, it's a pass mark. Barely. But, uh, well, considering some of the other fantasy forward options this week, there were some poor scores out yeah, there. Yeah, I, I guess, but it's a bare pass for me. I, he's, if he's in your salary cap still, like me, unfortunately, you do need to move him on. Two, two for me to keep an eye on for next year, and these are keeper league relevant mostly, Yep. are Paul Hearn and Cam yes. Zohar. Now, Cam Zohar is your boy. You love this Yeah, team. I really like him. Um, and it really... I'm really pleased this game. Um, 77 only needed one goal to get there. He's mm-hmm. a tackling machine. Absolute beast. Uh, which I love because it means that he's just got that extra string to his game to get points. Um, the He kicks a lot of goals as a forward. I think given time, he will work to the half-forward flank more yeah. and then into the midfield more. But he's tough. He uses it well. He's got a bit of um, explosiveness. So a lot and to I like can, there. I can't see him being forced into the number one forward role, considering they have Ben Brown and he's still got a few good years in him oh, as well. Absolutely so not. Cam Zohar won't have that pressure on him. It's not the type of role he plays yeah. either. So. And Paula Hearn, just because he's been playing a uh, halfback role. Really good as well, weeks, yeah. And he looked really good. If he can pick up back status... Geez, one to watch there for next year because mm. I mean he's a he was a great player at underage level. He had the injury issues at GWS. Yep. came over. There was a, there's obviously a loaded midfield with youngsters at North Melbourne. He's so. really struggled to get games this year, but this new role does seem to be suiting him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another couple of guys who are much much deeper keeper stashes, um, being oh. Simkin and. Oh, who's the other one? Taron Thomas. Taron Thomas as well. Um, I like the look of them, but they're much much deeper. Uh, Hawthorne, James Warple just keeps 
dominating, and he has had a ridiculously good year. Now, yep. I saw a tweet on the weekend saying that I think he's one game off being eligible for the Rising Star nomination. Ooh. So he played one too many games last year or something like that. That's and unfortunate he, for him. Like, don't get me wrong, Sam Walsh is clearly one of the best rookies we've seen, if not the best rookie we've seen yep. ever. Um, in his rookie year, but James Warple would be giving him a run for his money. Yeah, I think he would. I he think would he would. This is easily close second. This is an amazing second year. No second year blues at any point this season. And I just thought, you know, you have you have to trade him after halfway through the after the buys. You have mm. to trade him. That's the time. But he just kept going, kept going, and now in finals he's pumping out 126. He's a keep. You hang on to him right through finals. He's at in his 374th game or something like that. Breaking the record. Most of games for an Indigenous player. Champion. 103 for him. Yeah. Wound um, back the clock. And look, there's there's not too much else from Hawthorne, particularly from a salary cap league there. It's all draft-relevant guys. Yeah. So, Jaeger O'Meara, <laughs> he's just too um, inconsistent yeah. to be in your yeah. salary cap side. My uh, risk it from... Our last podcast did it this week. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of our podcast a couple of weeks ago, we had last week off because of well sickness on my part. I'm, I've just been coughing for the last month and a half, and I was barely able to talk last week. So, unfortunately, we couldn't go over our risk it picks. We'll be doing it later on in the podcast. Yep. Um, but, yeah, there were some failures. <laughs> yeah, it might be better not to actually go over it. Yeah, probably best. Um just a quick one on Grant Birchall. He looks like he's gone down with another hamstring injury. I, yeah. I don't think he's got much longer in the, the tank, to be honest. So. Yeah, you'd say that's definitely this year done for yeah. him, and it, question marks remain about next year yeah. for him. So, Do we talk about James Sicily, or do we just leave it? I think but, at this point, we're just flogging a dead horse. Everyone yeah. knows. Yeah, you need a, if James Sicily is in your side, he's the first priority to trade out. And if he's in your draft team, he's almost either benchable or droppable. That's that's it. He's just not scoring enough. Uh, yep. Over on to the first game of Saturday. Bombers versus the Power. Um, why is it... Essendon. Just, A, you can't tip Essendon and you can't tip Port this year. They're the this, hardest this game, teams to tip. You would have had better odds flipping a coin than actually trying to predict Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I, I don't know when good Port is going to turn up. And it was this week because they dominated... Dan Houston, interesting one, 123 from him. He's had a very solid year. Yeah, and he's sort of been graduating into more midfield minutes he lately has. as well. Um, has that got anything to do with Ollie Wines being injured? Or Oh, jeez, I don't know. I mean, they've got a lot of older dudes in their midfield, realistically. So, a Boke's gone back in there this year, and he's yeah. well over 30. Um, Rocky's not young. No, um, Gray's not young. So they've got to have that younger midfield brigade coming up. And Rosie, Butters, players like that seem like they're going to play more as high half forwards through their career. Oh, and especially early on in their yeah. career, you want to protect seems, him a little bit. Rosie in particular seems like a Robbie Gray, just archetype. Yeah. That, that's the sort of player he is um, because he, he's just an absolute gem um, and they want him up in the forward line. So Dan Houston could get midfield minutes to come. Definite watch for keeper leagues. Yeah, the issue is, will he have played too many to keep his defender status for next year? Yeah, interesting. I think it's unlikely. I think he'll keep defender status. Mm. So next year might be a golden year to hang on to him. Mm. But, um, um, yeah. Got a few youngsters as well. Powell Pepper, Burn Jones, and Rosie all breaking the ton. Xavier Dersmer not far off. And Carl Lehman, I picked him up in our draft league this week because he's been on a bit of a tear at the moment he's averaging been a, in the mid 90s over the last, last month three, yeah, or so yeah. last three to four weeks he's been doing very well yeah I'd say he's potentially the one who's more at risk from wines mm. um, they don't necessarily play the same role but <coughs> Amon always seems to be the guy that's 
first in, last out to the side. Whereas Houston has a bit more, a few more strings to his bow. They can throw him around a little bit more. He can play in the forward line. He can play down yeah. back. Um, just quickly, Xavier Dersma. We've got an interesting conversation towards the end of the year when we go over our um, early calls from the start of this year. Uh, I picked <laughs> yes. I picked Xavier Dersma to be the breakout, the best rookie of the year, barring Walsh. barring Walsh, and we both had to exclude Walsh from yeah. that conversation because we just knew how good he was going to be. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting conversation for best rookie, but I think Dersma is well. He's definitely well in the conversation. In the um, Tom Rockliffe, look, I sent out a tweet on the weekend saying that he's skating by in a lot of fantasy sides on name value and name value alone, and yeah. I I maintain my stance there. He is. Only in teams at the moment because he's Tom Rockliffe and he's, you know, air quotes, he's the pig. Yeah, and there's the upside. It, I mean, this is a middle-of-the-park game for him, 92. Not amazing. Not the worst that he's done this year. But there's always the potential with Rockliffe that he might pump out a 160. There it's is, just, yeah. It's not happening often enough. It's not happening at all at the moment. I'll give you his last scores over the last four weeks. So he had 92 on the weekend. He had 103 the week before, okay, and then he's had a 90 and a 91, which came after that massive 150-point return. Yeah. So, over the last month, he has averaged in the mid to low 90s, with one game only just getting over 100. That's not enough for a starting midfielder in a completed salary no. cap team. So, so, you've got him, don't you? I've got him, and I... Are you moving him on? I am... He is one of two considerations I'm making to move on, because I'm also possibly looking at Tim Kelly, although Geelong do have the Gold Coast as one of their finals games. And that's the preliminary final game, I think. So if anyone's won their first game of finals and has the week off this week, keep Tim Kelly, because he will come back against the Gold Coast and should absolutely slaughter it. He should, yeah. But yeah, I I have no issue with trading Tom Rockliffe out this week. He's very well owned. So if you're trying to move up the rankings, owning Tom Rockliffe won't help you. No. But bringing in a POD who has been scoring better over the last few weeks might get you a jump up in ranking points. Yep, fair enough. He's playing Sydney this week as well. It's not the not a particularly cushy game for him. No. Um, um, who would you be looking at? I mean, there's a lot of players. Yo's in very interesting form at the moment. Uh, I think I think that Mitch Duncan is going to bounce back this week. Yep, I he's would back agree. At home. Um, and he's a little bit cheaper, uh, so he's at 713 at the moment. Yeah, um, so Rockliffe 709 at yep. the moment, so you're looking around that 700 mm-hmm. mark. Um, uh, I mean, look, there, there's the obvious option, so if you don't have players like uh, Tim Taranto, if you don't have Brad Crouch, you know, those sorts of guys. Bontempelli is a very interesting option, actually. We both yeah. own Bontempelli. And he has, in the past two weeks, gone 120-plus with a big 139 this week. Yeah, He has had a couple of easier games, though. He, he, well, Brisbane away is not an easy game. That's a hard game for midfielders no, that's to score. That's true. In. They have been restricting teams a lot. They really have. So, Bontempelli at 697k is definitely one to have a bit of a look at. Yeah, The other one I like is uh, Zach Merritt, 706,000, yep. 3k cheaper. Thing is, Merritt's probably also owned by a lot he's of people. He's very, so. very highly owned. But Bont has a really low ownership. He's well below ten percent. So yeah, that's definitely one I would have a look at. Yeah, like you said, Elliot Yo, same seven hundred six thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're kind of really looking at some PODs there yeah, after that. All right, we'll get on to the bombers because we've talked about Port for long enough. Only one to crack the ton, and that was Zach Merritt. Like you were talking about, one hundred sixteen from him. He's just going great guns. Um, and they did send someone to him, which slowed him down a little bit because I think he was on like 85 at half time. He was smashing it. It quite regularly happens, and it happens to a lot, like the reactive tag from mm. opposition coaches. So 
who was it? Uh, I think uh, Bontempelli might have copped a little bit as well because he yeah. was on 49 points at quarter time and they really <laughs> had to put some more effort yeah, into him. Yeah. So, yeah, it does happen when you get off to a massive start. Uh, but still, 116, great score. Uh, Will Snelling on the bench, 93. Great. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're not... I don't think you can bring him in this week. He's, he's now 301,000. Yeah, at this so. point, you're you're bringing in people who might play that particular week, rock bottom price, so that they can yeah. make enough cash for your upgrades. Yeah. So, But this is a handy cash grab for Snelling if you are hanging on to him and you need some money for an upgrade this one, week. One thing to keep an eye on, the coach, uh, one of the two coaches gave him a coach's vote this week. So... That's positive. It's positive for um, security. Yeah, absolutely. For, um, position security. And look, going into next year could be an interesting one to have a look at. I'm, I'm not 100% sure for very, very, very deep draft <laughs> leagues. Look, if he can cement a spot on the side and he's a tackling machine, just one to have oh, a look, look at. I'd want to see what his role is in yeah, next that's, year's that's preseason. That's exactly he, the point. He's this the is, sort of guy who could... He yeah he could be a role player in an yeah, other this, side. This is an early early call, um, yeah. and we need to see what uh, what his position is like. But if the coaches like him, that's a good sign. Um, is there anyone else from Essendon that really jumped out at you? Because there's not really too much going on there. No, Jakey Stringer has had a good fortnight, but but we don't care because we don't <laughs> want to ride the roller coaster. We don't want to ride the Stringer coaster, Matt. Don't yeah. get us started. Yeah, look, you've heard the pause before I mentioned his name. <laughs> I could see the strain in your eyes as well as you were about to mention his name. So we'll move on but from no, that. There's no one else I want to talk about. Darcy Parrish, unfortunate injury as well, just before we do move on, because he was performing quite well this year. Um, have to see the longevity of it, but if you own him in draft leagues, I think there's a chance that you may have to bring, bring in some bench cover at the very least, because I'm not sure he's getting up for this week. No, I wouldn't think so. Uh, GWS versus Sydney, Battle of the Bridge. This was a tight game. Yeah, this was ridiculous. Very good game. Um, well, I was going to say great for owners of GWS players because they absolutely mm. smashed it, except for one. And we'll get to that in a second. So, Toby Green, number one trade target in a lot of people's eyes last week. I didn't do it. I bought in uh, Max Gorn instead. Mm-hmm. I could have bought in Toby Green, and now I'm regretting it because <laughs> yeah, that he's doing an amazing job in their midfield at the moment. Perfect role. Does that get affected at all by Tim Kelly coming back in? Or is he just playing so good in the midfield that he'll be left there? Um, Josh Kelly? Yeah, Josh Kelly. Sorry, did I say Tim Kelly? <laughs> you did. <laughs> Josh Kelly coming back in, because I think that's happening this week. Uh, yeah, the word is that he is back this week. I think it will... Oh, look, it might have a bit of an impact, but he's playing that well that mm. surely they'll continue to rotate him through there, even if it's a little bit reduced. Like 10% maxed. Max yeah. reduced. I, I surely he's just so good in the middle at the moment, and yeah. he's winning them games. He is. He is. I'd say that they probably they bring Kelly back in. Green and Williams both lose a little bit of their midfield mm-hmm. time. Yeah, Will, Williams but, as well. He obviously yeah. had a massive game with 142, and he probably goes a little bit more to half back. Green goes a little bit more to half forward. Yeah, and and there's your midfield time right there. For yeah, Kelly. that's what I'd be expecting. Uh, Jacob Hopper, great score from him with 122. Whitfield enough with 115. Mm-hmm. I'm almost expecting more from Whitfield at this point. I don't know why. 115 <laughs> is a monster score, but I just feel like in a, a game where there's two 140s on GWS, that Whitfield should be one of them. Um, you do, don't you? I'm getting greedy. I'm getting greedy. <laughs> He's just getting the job done at the moment. Yeah. Uh, now, Sam Reed. Mm-hmm. I'm just checking his stats because I've got a sneaky feeling he's actually been quite 
serviceable lately. Well, there's a solid chance that we might be talking about him a little later in the podcast, Matt, <laughs> so you shut your filthy mouth and we'll move on. <laughs> 88, 88, and 106 in his last three. Yes. He's got... Um, ooh, this is a juicy run home as well. He's got Hawthorne, Bulldogs, and then Gold Coast in the final. Mm, yeah. And in Ultimate Footy, only 37% yeah, owned. Yeah, yeah, he is owned by only 37%. Weird that he's owned by under 50%. <laughs> I might have picked that up, but I'm glad that this week... Wait, I no, have you first have first thing, you jackass. <laughs> well, that's an interesting call for later on. But, um, yeah, if you need something for your finals in Ultimate Footy... He's a good option. Definitely look at, at Reid. He's having a, a good few weeks. Nick Haynes has been great. Shane Mumford got the uh, bonus of Dawson Simpson not playing this week, so I don't read too much into that. Now, just quickly on Timmy Taranto. Look, he did cop a little bit of attention around the stoppages from George Hewitt, mm-hmm. who, who did go to him around the stoppages and let him run a bit more on the outside. But Taranto does get a fair bit of it inside. And he gave away... What is it here? He gave away five free kicks, four of them in the span of about five minutes. Oh, there's his the ton game. right there. So that's your ton. He hasn't had a terrible game. He just... Unfortunately, he was the number one captaincy option in uh, yeah. Calvin's captains this week, which means a lot of people were pissed off. Yeah, there are a couple of those top options that didn't quite... Pan out. Pan out this week. We'll get to another one later. <laughs> um, on the Sydney side of things, Isaac Heaney and Papley just do what they do. Papley's been so good this year. Papley's been amazing. A bit of a breakout year from him. He does still play that small forward role, so he can have the odd, you know, really down game. Yeah. But I think he's just going to be well, a great player for the future. That just means that in keepers, he's got even more value because he will maintain that forward status. Absolutely. Uh, Jake Lloyd did enough with 95. Look, he's still getting the job done. <laughs> Do I, do I get to mention my boy? Do I get to mention Ryan Clark? Why not? Go for it. <laughs> um, look, they changed him over from a pure tagging role halfway th- uh, through the game. He was on about 23 points at halftime and on track for another classic Ryan Clark match. <laughs> and then they just let him loose. And that third quarter was phenomenal. He, he was, was everywhere. Every, and in the fourth quarter as well, he was really good. So yeah, He's look, always had a good tank, so it just goes to show what he can actually do. It's when... just whether he's played in the right role. And yeah. it's Horse Longmire. He's not going to play him in the right role. Don't look into this. This isn't going to happen <laughs> in the future. I've given up. I've given up on Ryan Clark. <laughs> it's happened. Uh, do you feel okay? No, I don't. It's actually. taken a couple of years. It really hurts, and it's odd to say that I've given up on him after a good game. It's like you, I feel like it should be after a ten-point game, which he's been putting up this year. But look, I'm doing it now. It, it just felt that hope starting to well up inside yeah. you, and you. I had to beat it down. I had to crush the hope, man. <laughs> um, Alrighty, who else we got in this game? Uh, Hayden McLean put in another solid effort with 88, but again, it was against Mumford in solo. Mumford's rock. been giving points away. Yeah, Mumford's for, just... Yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting choice to bring him back. I know they needed some structure. Dawson Simpson and no one else. Yeah, they so. need some of these kids to come through quick order trade for another decent ruck somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious to see what they do in the ruck next year. Yeah, Looking the, forward to keepers for next year and, and redraft as well to mm-hmm. a lesser degree. Really curious to see what GWS's ruck line I think is. they really need to make some moves in the trade season to bring in an experienced ruckman who they can solidly play as their number one ruck over the next three to four years while Briggs and Flynn develop more because Flynn's just so injured at the moment. He, yeah. I can't see him playing. Yeah. For me, so for me, the question is, do they do a bit of a... Um, Timmy English with Briggs and start playing Beast so, and he is a bit of a man mountain for his age yeah. but I think it's almost too early for that yeah, and I don't know 
Yeah, I I just feel like they need a you know maybe like someone's talked about Paddy Ryder possibly It'd going over and yeah. for one to two years even a shorter term so Briggs can build up his tank that might be a nice option. Yeah, perfect. I mean, you are just um, transitioning from the injury prone Mumford to the <laughs> at least Ryder's been playing for the last three years, not just eating sausages and um, <laughs> I was I was going to say doing narcotics, <laughs> but allegedly allegedly doing narcotics could have been baby powder. We don't know. Um, moving on to the surprise of the round, really. Frio versus the Cats. Yeah. Look, I have, my boss could have gone to this game. He's a massive Frio fan, but he chose not to because he said that he was going to be... Or B, if Frio managed to strike a win against the number one team in the competition at the moment, he was going to be so pissed off that they haven't done anything near that all year. Yeah, I really appreciate that sentiment because <laughs> at the end of this game I it was bittersweet I had very mixed emotions yeah, I mean you you would be so excited and so up and about if you were at the game and then for a few minutes as you were sitting at home and then just gone wow this has been a wasted year because Frio can put this on the park yeah. Um, yeah. why then, can't we do this every week yeah it, it's just all about um, you know pressure um, and uh, like enthusiasm out there on the pitch I don't know um, but anyway, we'll on the side of ledger, Michael Walters was terrific. Ed Langdon did, you know, Perth Ed Langdon things, <laughs> not elsewhere Ed Langdon things, which are sub eighty. Yeah, uh, Nat Fife came back with one hundred and four. He was just amazing. He looked fantastic out there. Yeah, and the positive thing is they didn't play him purely as a forward. He had a lot of midfield time. He did, so, yeah. which is really good because I was a bit concerned <clears throat> that they would play him just as the forward. So. This is really positive. Yeah, Brad Hill was good with 100 as well. Darcy Tuck has been super solid all year. Unfortunately, though, Center he's only. just a mid this year, so it's just not handy. And, and, and he's been playing midfield, yeah. so he's going to remain a mid. So um, for, he's not going to get that DPP status, and he's not going to score high enough yet, I think, to justify a starting spot in your midfield. Maybe a bench spot in a deeper league, so keep an eye on him in draft leagues next year as a late, late pickup. Yep. Um, just a little one for keeper leagues as well. Uh, Adam Chera has been playing in the back line a lot over the past month and a half. Yeah. So he's definitely getting back status next year, no question Absolutely. about it. Which is great for his possible startability in his f- third year. <laughs> yep. But also going forward, if he can make that sort of halfback role his own, that's a really high-scoring position. Absolutely. Now, there might be a little bit of a, I don't know, false economy over the next few weeks because mm-hmm. Luke Ryan's out pretty much for the rest of the year. True. So Chera took a lot of kick-ins on the weekend that I noticed, yeah. which generally tends to be one of the things that Ryan does. And he was doing a lot of distribution, which again, Ryan tends to do a little bit of. So his scores might get a little bit of a bump that next year aren't quite reflective. Mm-hmm. But I, I, other than that, I agree. Yeah. I really like him for yeah. next year. Anyone else from Frio you like or should we move on to the Cats? Uh... I think we can move on. Nothing really to crow about from Geelong's side of thing, to be honest. There were some solid scores from Tom Stewart, who's a, a bit of a fantasy stalwart already. He's in so many teams out there. Uh, 99 from him. Tim Kelly with a 94, solid but not fantastic. And Mitch Duncan didn't break the ton with just a 92. And he's a uh, he's a bit of a POD still for a lot of people out there. I think his ownership is just on about 10% in AFL fantasy. Yeah. So he would have disappointed a lot of... Coaches out there. Having said that, Frio were that good after, I guess, after quarter time in this game mm. that all of the Geelong players really suffered points wise. Yeah, so they, they just... I mean, no, no one breaking the ton. And the big one here, obviously, Paddy Dangerfield, sixty five from him, and he was quite a. Uh, I, I wouldn't say he was a a, a popular 
captaincy option because they uh, a lot of pe- coaches out there tend to follow the uh, Calvin's captains uh, rankings. Yep. Um, and I'm not sure where Danger was in that this week. It um, was about three or so. Okay, I, d- I don't normally look at that too hard, but I, I keep an eye on the top two or three because mm-hmm. I always try to go against that if you're trying to climb in the rankings. Yeah. If you're already at the top of the rankings, you can just you sort play of safe. play the status quo, but yep. you need to pick someone a little bit different every now and then to the to the masses. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, 65, just awful. I can understand that a lot of people would have picked him expecting Frio mm-hmm. to dish up what they did the week before. And for the Geelong midfielders just to go to town. so But unfortunately, no. I mean, 65 is just absolutely awful. Um, look, he'll bounce back next week. There's no question about that absolutely. for me, Paddy Dangerfield. But it just sucks for, for people who captained him, unfortunately. Um, should we move on to the uh, the next game of the round? Uh, I think so. Saturday night, Demons took on the Tigers. Um, as they've done all year, Melbourne have lost. So, um, <laughs> look, don't want to talk much more about that. It's It's been just a t- terrible year. I tipped them to be in the grand final this year. I had them top four. Yeah, I, I tipped them to be uh, to finish, I think, second and then hmm. make the grand final. I don't know who I tipped for the winner, but yeah, geez, uh, to go from that to second last, yeah, is I, just I, terrible. I'm, it will be very interesting next year to see if they can rebound and that to what extent. First six weeks or first month of next year, oh. the pressure that will be on that club is just immense. Yeah. Um, on the Tigers' side of the ledger, Basher Hawley, 122 from him. When he plays at the MCG, he just dominates. And he's at the MCG the rest of the year. He is. So, if you don't own him, get him into your side. Yeah, lock and load. Dusty Martin, 111 from him. Uh, he was terrific. And Dion Prestia has put together a very, very good last six weeks. He has been absolutely fantastic. Um, so, enjoy if you've got him in draft. Yeah, actually... I want to look a little bit deeper into his numbers. Let's uh, let's just Alrighty, let's explore let's, numbers without, without notice. Shall yeah, we? without notice. I just want to have a look at Dion Prestia's numbers because I have the odd feeling that he could be a possibility for that. Um, maybe if you're looking for a POD, if you've got Dane Zorko who had a, a hamstring injury on the weekend, or um, you mm-hmm. know, so maybe even a, a Tommy Rockliffe who's in terrible form, but. <clears throat> Alrighty, so Prestia has dropped under the ton twice since round 10. Wow, so after the bye, he's been spectacular. Yeah, the, yeah. That has been... And a lot of them are 110 plus as well. So he's had a, an amazing second half of the year. So his last five average is 106.6 with a last three average of 111. Yep. Those are fantastic numbers. He's 718k, so he's still underpriced for what he's putting up. You want to know who he plays next week as Is well? He- is he playing Gold Coast? Carlton. Almost oh, as good. Jeez, that's good. That is, yeah. Wow. Okay, I am very tempted by Dion Prestia then. It's a massive point of difference. It but is. But look, those numbers, he's, like I said, only twice since round 10 has he dropped under put it, put 100. It, only 6% owned. Put it this way. If you're going in as the underdog in a matchup this week... Um, uh, for your finals, or if you are going in, uh, say you're ranked about 400, 500 or so in the uh, overall in salary cap, and you're trying to move up the rankings to get that hat, um, geez, I don't mind Dion Prestia as a point of difference. Yeah, and 718k as well. It's not, not too a, expensive. No. Definitely, it's a straight jump from Zorko. I, I really like it. <laughs> it's, didn't, didn't expect to say that, but I really like it. 
Um, Alrighty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was I, not expecting that. No, but hey, the numbers, have they won you over or have they won you over? Uh, Come on. Look at those. He's got They're five, good numbers. In the last six weeks, he's had five scores above 110. <coughs> and his poor score yeah. was 81. That's not good, but uh, five above 110. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Particularly with Cochin out as well. Mm. It's just it's all pointing in the right direction, isn't it? Um, yeah. All right, we'll move on from Prestia. Who we, else we got? We, um, bit of a downswing from a uh, shy Bolton, who I've been looking at in draft leagues. Um, yeah, he was performing really well. He's he was playing a bit more up forward this week, and he yeah. uh, he was inaccurate. He scored one goal four, which kept his score down. But he's done I, some good stuff over the last few weeks. But he spent less time in the midfield this week than he has recently. So. It's one to keep an eye on. And um, Damien Hardwick does like to move the magnets around a fair bit and change up positions. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah, will be interesting to see. And it could just have something to do with maybe Sydney stack missing because he's been playing up forward more. True. Um, okay, we'll move on to the demon side of Ledger. And really, Gorn, Oliver have just been getting it done despite yeah. Melbourne being terrible. Uh, Fritch has been... On and good. off, pretty good this uh, the past month or so. So yeah, his last few weeks have been really, really solid. He can he, hold his head up. He is heavily owned um, in Ultimate Footy, mm-hmm. but there's still a few leagues where you could grab him. Not many, but mm. uh, Angus Brayshaw, seventy six, might be his high score for the past two months. So that's that's all we need to say about that. Yeah, um, I liked Kyle Dunkley for his seventy two. He looked really good. If he loses his spot this week, I I would be very very upset with um. With Simon Goodwin because he looked he looked very very solid and yeah two, he was two goals in a game where they only kicked nines mm-hmm. good Pretty bench good. cover as well um, yeah and that's all we really need to talk about I think there's just a lot of middling guys at um, Melbourne at the moment and yeah I, I wouldn't be particularly trusting of anyone apart from the, you know, Gorn and guys. Oliver Gorn and Oliver are the only ones I trust from Melbourne at the moment. Um, so we'll move on to the other Saturday night game, which was the Crows versus the Saints. And the Crows just always had this in hand, really. I don't think the Saints ever really had a bit of a look in. But the fantasy scores from the Crows were huge. Mm. We had, what is that, eight players crack the ton? Rory Laird, 134. He hasn't done that much this year. Finally. Thank God. Just I'm sick of him putting up high 80s or low 90s. That's not the Rory Laird we paid for, God damn it. Oh, just, it's it's nice to see him revert to yeah. what he's done the last couple but of years. But even so, he's very highly owned in salary cap leagues, and yeah. no one would have traded Roy Laird out, I wouldn't have thought, in draft leagues. So, yeah, so we just, move on. Yeah, so we move on from there. Matty Crouch bounced back with a bigger score. He's been very solid, averaging that just on that 100. So he's not losing your games, but this was helping you to win a game. So this was great to see. Um, Bryce Gibbs with 111. Good bounce Surely he can me. hold his spot. You would think. Surely he can hold his spot after that. But can we trust on Pike? <laughs> yeah. <I don't> <laughs> we'll move on. He should. 111 was great. And he might be available in some leagues out there, some draft leagues. Well, in Ultimate Footy, he's 89% owned. So that's 10% of the leagues or 11% of leagues where you can go and pick him up. Yep. And he's got... Eagles this week isn't amazing. If he can hold can, his spot, though... Yeah, the Eagles do give up some midfield points. Yeah, but I'm more interested in after that game, if he can hold his spot through the end of the year, mm-hmm. Collingwood in round 22 Ooh, and Bulldogs in round 23. Love it. Bulldogs can be a hit-and-miss game sometimes, mm-hmm. but... But Collingwood normally give up scores because they, they just don't give a shit. Yeah. They, they know the power that they have in that engine room and they don't need to tag yeah. you. So, so Gibbs is, is, mm-hmm. a, is a bit of a speculative one if he can hold his spot. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, Tommy Lynch, we said it. Uh, we've said it a couple of times, but he might come in as the almost the number one forward next year or close to it. Um, uh, at um, at in, in AFL fantasy. Oh yeah, with all everyone that's going to lose. With everyone the that's going to lose it, we got obviously Danger, no Dunkley, no Tim Kelly, uh, no True. Billings, um, who else? No Dusty, uh, and we've got no Rowan Marshall. That is my and no Travis Boak. That's my forward line. At the moment, none of them will be forwards next year. Bring on Ranga Lynch. Ranga Lynch. We love him. Um, I actually really, I, I really, really do love, love him. I mean, Lynch. he's won me draft leagues in years past. Yeah, so he's I mean, very, very good. Because he's just so underrated. Brody Smith, that uh, that move to a new role has been very, very friendly for him. So, interesting one to watch for next year as well. Um, look, I think it was a bit... This was just a fantasy-friendly night, to be honest. Like, I'm not reading too much into this because the Crows haven't strung this together in multiple weeks recently. And it's yeah. a tough game coming over to Perth against the Eagles. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. But those Eagle Eagle midfielders, they could be in for a good week next week. They could. That'll be an interesting one to watch. Um, on the Saints side, Jack Billings with 103. He got the job done there. So did Rowan Marshall. And those two forwards, yeah. I think you just... Yeah. Sort of kind of is what we expect from yeah, them. Exactly. Membry, this was his one good week. Um, I was expecting a bit more from Seb Ross, to be honest. He's been very, very good the last, <laughs> yeah. last couple of weeks. Look, 97 is okay, but he was that one of those sneaky POD options like we've been talking about, you know, Dion Prestia this week or Bontempelli. Yeah. Um, Look, there's a reason why these guys are POD. Yeah. Because they don't deliver every single they're week. They're inconsistent and, you know, sometimes there's a little bit more consistency that comes with name value. There's a reason those names are well known. Yeah. Um, Hunter Clark, I mean, we've talked about him in past weeks, but he's getting the job done much more consistently. Um, Absolutely. Over the past few weeks, over um, the past month and a half, really. Yeah. Um, good to see Josh Battle back for 72. Yeah. Really like him for keeper leagues moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll have defender status for at least next year. Yeah. Um, and he reads the ball really well, marks it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, some good signs from Nick Caulfield Look, as well. I've heard a lot of people bad-mouthing Nick Caulfield recently. I've watched a couple of Saints I've games what recently. I've, I've really liked what I've he seen. He looks like he's got poise. He seems to be covering the ground well. He seems to be defending well. This is the this he's is the first step. He's distributing it well. Yeah, this is the first step. So, last year was a write-off for him pretty much. He played like two games or something like that. He yeah, wasn't that good and Saints were terrible. This is the first step. Next year, he might middle out again, you know, average 60 yeah. or 62. I mean, Hunter Clark was pretty rubbish fantasy-wise for most of, uh, until like a Absolutely. month ago. And he played much more than uh, yeah. Nick Caulfield did last yeah. year. He was in and out of the team a lot, but Caulfield wasn't even in the team. Now exactly. he's got a few games together. He's stringing it together. He's getting used to the pace of the game. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the assets that made him such a high draft pick in his decision-making, poise, and kicking ability. Yep. I think from a keeper perspective, there's a lot to really like there. Keeper perspective, definitely hard look at next year. Not in redrafts. I wouldn't think next year is going to be the year. It'll be no. the year after that. Agreed. Um, so I think we'll move on to the next game of the round, shall we? Which was uh, the we first shall. Sunday game. Uh, and that was the always fantasy-friendly Collingwood taking on Gold Coast. I mean, the also fantasy-friendly... Well, Gold Coast for a different yeah, reason. Yeah, for a different reason. But, I, I I mean, Collingwood games... I hate Collingwood as a team. Don't get me wrong. Um, I like a lot of their players individually. That's that's the thing. They have a lot of great individual players. And I don't know why I hate Collingwood as a team. I, just because it's fashionable. Yeah, there's no real reason for You're me You're just to. a slave to the fashion. Probably. I think I had to build the hate up as a West Coast fan last year, you know? <laughs> yeah, heading okay. into the grand final. And, yeah, we've got a good rivalry with Collingwood going at the moment, actually, West Coast. 
So, uh, look, on the fantasy side of things, Brody Grundy just tore it up. He bounced back from last week like a champion. He was outstanding. He came out man on a mission. Oh, God, he was fantastic. Uh, Adam Trelaw, 129 from him. I mean, he was fantastic. They did really tighten up on him. So he got the uh, reactive tag from uh, Stewie Jew. He he got 45 or 49 in the first quarter. They sent Took Miller to him. He was on 64 at halftime. Um, you know, and then slowly built his way up, and they had to break the change at some point. Gold Coast to try and do something in the game, yep. so he uh, he broke free then, and he was fantastic. Jack Crisp is so good this year; <laughs> he, yeah. he's going to be a top line defender next year, I think. Absolutely, I I hundred percent agree. One of the first chosen because Whitfield's not a defender either next year. Um, he's, a mid, he's a midfielder, so will be. Uh, Lloyd will keep his defender status though, so he's probably going to be the number one. Yeah, uh, Crisp might be the number two. He could be. Uh, Will Hoskin Elliott, yeah. 112. Mm. I'm pretty sure he didn't touch it in the first quarter. No, he did not. That's a phenomenal effort in oh, three it quarters. It was ridiculous. And it was just the goal. So eventually the damn wall burst and yep. Collingwood just slaughtered yep. it. The thing is, speaking of goals, so he went 112 this week, 75 the week before. Yep. He's got Melbourne next. Mm-hmm. There could be a few more goals for him there. Yeah. And then he's got Adelaide the week after that, who have been giving up points. So Good he's. Point. 83% owned, so he's going to be available in a couple of leagues there. I don't mind it as a bit of a no. point of difference in your drafts. I don't mind it either. It's not too bad. Um, speaking of points of difference in drafts, um, Jeremy Howe, a much better game from him this mm. week. Um, a much more fantasy-friendly game. He was taking those extra marks and those plus sixes around the back line. Look, they're playing Gold Coast. I don't think you can trust it 100%, but I, I really did like the... Um, uh, the fact that he was playing in that more friendly role. So mm. just wanted to watch because his ownership has dipped considerably after that poor run mid-year. He has had some injury issues as he well, has, though. Yeah. So a little bit of diff- difficulty to get continuity mm. for him. And then uh, Matty Scharenberg. We always love seeing Matty Scharenberg on the park. Yeah. And uh, good to see him scoring well with an 80. Um, I think we'll go over the Gold Coast. Um, Ballard, top scorer. Um where did this come from? Look, he's done that a couple of times towards the start of the yeah, year. Yeah, like round one and round two, and then he's just been missing in action yeah, since yeah. then. Oh, I know that because I picked him up in a, <laughs> a, 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 I picked him up in a redraft league, think, or a keeper league, actually. I thinking, think you picked him up in both. Oh, God, jeez, that's embarrassing. All right, we'll move on from that. Um, Anthony Miles, 110 from him, was great. and <laughs> With 10 tackles. Yep, I don't know who <laughs> Jacob Dawson is, really. So, But I've got an idea he's been pretty good for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. I, I just I, I tend not to pay attention to anyone bar the top five or six Gold Coast guys, you know? I could legitimately walk past Dawson and have no <laughs> idea. But And we are footy fanatics, so yeah, yeah I, I I think that we would be justified for not recognising him on the streets. Um He's yeah, hundred this week, sixty nine versus Melbourne the week before. Not awful but not particularly not great. Awful, but, um yeah. Jared Witts copped a bit of an injury uh midway through the game and that slowed him down a little bit, so um, actually, it might have been sort of uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter. I can't remember. It was a bit of a knee, so unfortunately, he wasn't able to break through and get towards that 110, 115 that he was on his on track for. No. Um, and yeah, look, a lot of the Gold Coast players have just slowed down. I mean, we've seen that from Braden Fiorini. Uh, we've seen that from uh, Took Miller, who scored well this week with a 97, but mm. has been down over the past few weeks. It's a long season when you're getting belted every week. Darcy McPherson was on an absolute rampage for about a month and a half and now then has come out with two, you know, much poorer scores. So he was being talked about in some salary cap league teams out there. 
So he, he was primarily tackle <coughs> based though, so it's mm. difficult to maintain that for a long period of time. And uh, just quickly before we move on, it was good to see Ben Ainsworth and Jack Bowes back on the field. Look, they had poor games. This was a return from injury, but... And um, they'll be better for the run. They will. And uh, particularly Ben Ainsworth, I'm a huge fan of. I'm a fan of Jack Bowes as well. It just depends what positions each of them are played in, I think. Yes. We'll move on to the next game of the round, which was Carlton taking on West Coast over there at... Uh, was that at Etihad? I think it was. It was, Etihad. yeah. Yeah, under the roof. Um, look, West Coast, they had a bit of a scare in the first quarter. Yep. But the professional team, they got the job done. Um, some decent scores in there. We talked about Elliot Yo earlier. Yeah, he's a uh, great point of difference at the moment. 706,000. We were talking just before about McPherson not being able to maintain the tackle rage. Yeah. Yo's done it for like half the year. Yeah. He's, it's amazing. I'd be very interested. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on the numbers, but I'd be interested to see the tackling numbers overall for, uh, for the AFL because he's got to be up there. Mm. Um, and look, he's got a pretty cruisy run home for fantasy midfielders as well. So he's got Adelaide, obviously, next week. Um, and that's just a fantastic game. He's playing Richmond the week after, and Richmond do give up fantasy scores quite regularly. And then the last game of the year, I think, taking on Hawthorne. So, you would be right. Yeah, so that's a really friendly game as well. So I really like bringing in Elliot Yo. If you don't own Andrew Gaff, I like that option as well, because Gaff hasn't been putting up the big numbers, but he's been consistently he's consistent. getting around about that 110. Yeah. Like 107 to 110 Every single week, it's it is good to see. Yeah, no, it's good. And every now and again, he he's the chance to pull out that that big one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's there's not too many others I really want to bring up from a fantasy point of view. There's a lot of draft guys for West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, I th- I think we'll move on. The one I really quickly want to mention though is Dom Sheed, forty nine. Now I was really considering bringing Dom Sheed into my side this week. I think we spoke about it a fortnight ago. How good he's been. <laughs> since about a month into the and, season. And about his run home. And look, a 49 from him is just awful. Like, this was woeful. And we thought the these horrible, inconsistent games has gone out of his um, out of his playbook. But no, they're still on the cards. So, yep. unfortunately. Can't be, can't be trusted, unfortunately. So, we'll move on to the Carlton uh, Blues. Um, Nick Newman, 135. Where the hell did that come from? Who kicks four goals from the back line? You know, I was the commentator said he'd only kicked two for the season before this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, how did that happen? What, what were West Coast doing? Were, did they just not care about Mark Murphy? I'm or? pretty sure they just didn't care. Yeah, and that's fair enough. I mean, they got the win, but yeah, it's interesting to see for uh, halfbacks. So um, <laughs> Rory Laird should be in for a good game next week uh, if West Coast don't give a crap. Um, Brody oh, Smith look, or I, Wayne Miller they might pay a bit more attention to someone that's not Colton yeah, having true. said that Colton that has true. been had a great resurgence yeah. recently so uh, I don't know Mark Murphy with 109 uh, was great and Sam Walsh with 103 geez, just that goal that goal oh, oh. just <laughs> that was awesome I mean come on <laughs> that was any good. anyone that mounts any argument that that kid is not the rising star does not know football they just don't I I I don't understand that argument. It's stupid. Don't get me wrong. I like Sydney Stack. Yeah. Sydney Stack will probably win more games off his own boot throughout his career. But the the body of work that Walsh has put together this year has just been it's, consistently amazing it's for a first-year player. Fantastic. I mean, he's 
he's just done so well. There's not enough superlatives out there to describe yeah, his first so year. We'll move on. Um, Do we have to, though? Because I'll talk about this kid all day. Yeah, that's um, why we need to move on. <laughs> um, look, Ed Kernell was down this week with a 79. A lot of people had brought him in as a POD in the forward line. I think he'll bounce back next week. I don't think there's too much of an issue there. Um, I think the same can be said of Paddy Cripps. Look, 75 from him. Yeah. Yo is the perfect matchup for Cripps. He really is. And Yo did beat him quite Big, considerably. Big, strong, good in the air, <clears throat> tackles like crazy. Yeah. And that's the thing. Paddy Cripps did not tackle in this game. He had three tackles to Yo's 10. Yeah. So that's the bit. He was ball hunting in this game. Mm. Um, which is what he does. Which is what he does, which is great. But Yo was also hunting the man and then getting the 26 possessions as well. So um, you've got to look out for matchups like that because there have been other teams who've just put those big-bodied midfielders on Paddy Cripps and it has slowed him down. So if you know, it's a worry that he's got the ability to go either 150 or 75 or 49 like the other week against Gold Coast, you know? True. Um, Yeah, that is a little bit of a worry for owners. But I'm I'm keeping him in my side this week. Who's Colton's matchup? This week coming, actually? Uh, well, you I mentioned it? it just before. but I, I have no idea off the top of my head. It is... Uh, who are we looking Richmond. at? Richmond. Richmond. So they do give up scores and they don't match up as much through the midfield. Yeah. They'll probably put Dusty on him, who's a ball hunter and won't give a yeah, shit about Yeah, they'll just go head to head. So, yeah, that will be a good game. Keep him in your side, no question. Um, yeah, I think we'll move on from there, shall we? I think so. Actually, just quickly, you know who's really disappointed me this year? Mm-hmm. Zach Fisher. He has... He started the year off well, but he's... I think he's gotten a bit tired. Yeah. And he is a, you know, outside running wingman slash halfback. He relies on volume of possessions to build his score. He doesn't tend to do a lot of tackling. He doesn't tend to get a huge amount of marks. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's he's building, but I think he's he's still quite lightly built still. So he's more a keeper league guy for me than a um, redraft. Agreed. All right, so last game of the round, Brisbane taking on the Dogs. Um, Brisbane, geez, running into finals like absolute champions. They yeah. they look almost grand final bound, to be honest. So it's I can't believe I'm saying that. Well, <coughs> considering some of the issues that other teams are having, um, GWS, uh, I don't know what's going on with their form at the moment. Yeah. The Pies injury list is horrendous. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Richmond's making a bit of a charge at the moment, but I mean, it's all sort of coming together quite nicely for yeah, the Lions. Well, I, I it, honestly, I couldn't, uh, I can see a, a situation where it's either a Lions West Coast Grand Final or a Lions Geelong Grand Final. I could see that happening, and that is staggering to me. Yep, I, I could see Geelong going out and stretch sets the way they're playing at the moment. Oh, they're playing awfully. It's it's shocking the way that they're playing. Um, but yeah, on the fantasy on. side, Mitch Robinson was absolutely stellar. 129 from him. He would have won some draft league finals this week. He definitely as would a, have. As a, as a guy you would expect to get a 90 or so. And he's that perfect guy too <laughs> that when it comes to draft day, nobody really wants to take him mm-hmm. because you're always just Next a little bit like, oh, Robinson. But he's had an awesome year. Oh, he's, been, he's been absolutely great. Uh, Steph Martin bounced back with a, a vintage 103 from him. The English effect. The English effect. That's the thing. And he, you know, teams score well against English. Um, and English did have a hard day. Steph Martin, in general, is a hard ruckman to score against. We know this. He's almost the ruck tag. Um, so just be careful about any of your ruckmen running into Steph Martin on the way home. Because Steph Martin might not score well, but he'll also drag the other ruckman down into the dirt with him. 
Um, Jared Lyons uh, and Lockie Neal have both been solid with 96 and 91. Look, I'm not super happy with having Neal in a salary cap side heading into finals because he is just getting beaten up by other teams. Yeah. Um, And the Lions don't care. They know he can take it and they know he can dish it out as well. But it means that he's not getting those 110s, 120s that you really want from Lockie Neal. So I'd be very, very careful about that. Um, Agreed. And we mentioned earlier, Dane Zorko has what looks like a hamstring injury. Um, He was out midway through the third quarter. He needs to move on from your team. I don't think he's playing this week. No. Uh, Yeah, no, I think he's expected to miss this week. Hopefully back the week after is what I heard today. So, yeah, definitely move him out of your team. You can't have a player on the bench in the finals. No. Unless you play... um, you know, super coach or uh, you know, classic dream team where you have limited trades and you've run out. Um, yeah, you just need to move this guy on. Um, Bulldogs, McRae. Oh, just almost perma captaincy option at the moment. He is yep. absolute gold. Bonson Pelly, like we mentioned earlier, is pulling some massive scores out of I don't know where. Yeah. Um, he, well, the thing with Bonson Pelly is he's averaged about 100 for the year and he was. He's Mostly had a, getting that. He had a really bad month, though. He sort did. of in the middle of the year where mm-hmm. a lot of people who had jumped on him after his early hot run would have jumped off again. So, yeah. Um, but he's, yeah, like you said, he's having a great run at the moment. And he's got, uh, who have they got? Essendon, mm-hmm. Giants, and they got Crows in the grand final. So I yeah. quite like that matchup for for the big names. Yeah, here's Bontempelli's month for you. Start of the month was awful. 86 against Melbourne and 65 against St Kilda. Then 128 against Fremantle and 139 against the Lions. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to make of it. But, look, he's on a blinder at the moment. I think you've got to have the faith. Yeah, I'd be having the faith at the moment. Uh, and there were some other great scores in there. Josh Dunkley just keeps getting it done with 113. And he copped a little bit of an injury as well. Um, I think it was like sore torso or something like that. He got yeah, hit I think the, he just copped a hit big hit. He'll be good. Um, Caleb Daniels starting to build some form with a much more solid 91. Um, we mentioned Tim English already with a 70. Not good enough from him. Uh, and Lockyer Hunter is another one who... While the other midfielders are absolutely dominating, he hasn't been in the crazy good form that he's shown in the past. So, look, don't get me wrong, he's a great draft option, but if you've still got Lockie Hunter as a POD, um, I don't think he's going to do spectacularly well against Essendon. Um, That's going to be a tougher game for him to score against. 100% agree. Um, Aaron Norton. Now, he's he's too heavily owned for us to use in um, Risk It this week. Yep. So, he's 55% owned. Mm-hmm. But his last two games, he's got 95 versus Frio and 84 versus Brisbane. Who wow, solid. They both tend to actually defend forwards reasonably well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got Essendon next, who I'm pretty sure don't really have a, any key defenders left. So, yeah. I quite like him as a bit of a um, plug-and-play this week. Nice. Yeah, no, I don't mind it at all. Yeah, for draft leagues, he, he can't be a risk it, but I, I think he's a good option. Um Okay, so that was the last game of the round. So cool. we're going to jump straight into your questions from Twitter. So the first question for this week comes in from Paul Lewis, who had <laughs> a bit of a rant, I think. Not so much and a question. There's a lot of rants at this time of year, so we'll give you some time. Uh, <laughs> he says, what the hell was I thinking bringing Sheed in this week? He's dropped over 100 spots to the high 200s. Thinking of going to a training session just to throw an egg at him. Rant over. 
Look, mate, we feel for you. Everyone has that player now and then. I mean... Yeah, look, this isn't going to help how you're feeling, but mm. all the signs pointed to it being a good decision. It really did. And even though... I mean, we didn't have the podcast last week, but I would have absolutely given the green light to bringing Dom Sheet in. He would have been one of my top trade bug... Like... He would have been a, a trade priority almost for me yep. as a midfielder. Yep. Especially um, with his matchup, his run home, what so, he's been doing the last few weeks. Look, you can trade him out this week, but I almost guarantee against Adelaide at home that he's going to go fairly big. I'd so, back him in this week. Obviously, that doesn't help you having dropped no, 100 spots, but, but look, you might be able to re- recapture some of that. You're in the high 200s, mates. You're still in with a hat chance. There's no question about that. What's that? So you're only... Like, yeah, 200 or so couple spots off. Yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. A couple hundred spots. Yeah. yeah. So, and the, the thing is, if you're going to make that ground up at this Sheed's late stage the of the year, guy. you need that POD. Yeah. You you actually need Sheed in your side. Yeah. So, I don't, I, I think, I know you haven't said anything about it, Paul, but don't be trading him out. Yeah. You, you brought advice. him in, <clears throat> back him in now. We've got a question here from Matt Mottram. Actually, Matt Mottram has a couple of questions. So, um, we don't have a whole heap this week, so we'll get to both of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, got cash in the bank to go Sicily to Laird and then downgrade a bench guy to leave some money for an upgrade next week in prelims. Or should I be trying to get someone better than Laird? Um, okay. Let's have a look at defenders. First, yeah, first, you have a look at defender. First up, I'm going to say that it depends what finals you're in, because obviously you've said prelims. Mm-hmm. You're clearly focused on one, at least one of your finals, Matt. So, if you have made it through this week and you have the bye, I think it's a simple... Just prep yourself yeah, for next prep week. Prep yourself for, next, for the week after. It doesn't matter this week, realistically, for you, unless you're pushing to get into the top 100 or so. Yeah. Um, but if you're still playing a final, an elimination final this week, then I, I don't have an issue with bringing in Laird. Look, it's it's going the status quo. There's a lot of people out there who already have him. Yeah, so 45% owned. So, so if you're comfortable with the fact that your team is strong enough to beat the other team after bringing in Laird, and he, the other team will probably own him as well. So it'll just equal out that position for you. Um, yeah, I don't have an issue with that. And West Coast did give up scores to halfbacks last week in Simpson and Newman. So, don't have an issue with it. Um, some of the other backs that you could be looking at, I guess. Have you spotted any you like the look of, Matt? <laughs> uh, not particularly. I mean, they're just guys that everyone else would have. Like, if you don't own Crisp, get Crisp. Um, Tom Stewart has been in good form, but... Um, I prefer Laird's, Laird's I prefer matchups. Laird as well. Um, if you don't own Whitfield, get Whitfield. If you don't own Basher Hooley, who's still 675k, get him instead. So yeah, Basher Hooley 30% owned, so the, he might be more little a bit difference. lower owned than than Laird. So just have a look at who your opponent has in yeah. the weeks leading up. Right. We'll put it this way: if you've got the money to do it, who would you be more concerned about matching up in a head-to-head mm-hmm. out of the guys you've just mentioned? Oh, Hooley. So, Hooley is the one. Hooley and Chris would be the ones that I would be concerned about. Yes eliminating that as a head-to-head mm-hmm. point of So, difference. if you can get one of those two, mate, I would be doing that first, and otherwise I don't mind bringing in later yeah. at all. Because, obviously, there's two ways you can approach it. You can either come in and go, the other team's got a better points of difference than me, so I'm going to try and remove some of them, mm-hmm. or you try and go the other way and come up with someone yourself that you think is going to make that difference. Yeah. So. Um, and uh, he also asks, any downgrade options that are cheap, cheap? Only have Fort, Nash, Watson, Hanrahan, and Hind to downgrade. 
Look, uh, if those are your options, Hind is the one to downgrade because he looks like he could actually lose money this week after getting his 23 or so. Um, yeah, look, options... No, he, no. It's, uh, for me, at this stage of the year, it's if they are named, in, yeah. uh, if there's a debutante named at this stage, you just pick them up. Yep, absolutely. Because longevity does not matter as much. That's what I did last week with... Um, uh, what's the? I, I got Kyle Dunkley in, even though he has very little yep. job security this yep. week. After his, just his I, I brought Jason Carter in last week. Yeah, so and he's. If there's no one new named, he's probably who I'd look at because he's still 182, so he's still yep. almost dirt cheap. Three hundred one, so his job security, he probably will play again. Mm-hmm. Um, guys like Connor Iden and who is the other guy who was a late inclusion this week? Oh, um, the uh, Schumacher from Colton. Schumacher, they'll both lose their spots. They will. They so, won't hold their spots. So it's for me, it's either Carter, who's a defender mid, so you've got two different lines you can mm-hmm. bring him in on, um, or you wait and to see if someone new is named today. Yeah, that, that's all you've got to do. Um, and just in terms of who you have to trade out, like I said, I think it's Hanrahan because he's had the most money made. And if you get a 170k player in, you're making about... Uh, what is that? 145k off of that trade, yeah. and that is very, very handy. Yeah. At this stage, just whatever is going to make you the most cash. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Okay, and we've got a question in from Dim Slickies uh, at Peter Dimnicky, who's asking. It's probably too late. Uh, oh, you got in before the cutoff, mate. Just for, before <laughs> recording. Um, but to trade Danger to Green or Stuart to Crisp, point chasing. Oh, tough. Yeah. I would not be trading Danger. That's all I say. If you own Danger already, I wouldn't be trading him. Because I have the feeling he's going to come out and smash it this week back at home. Yeah, Danger plays north. Oh, oh that's uh, A, that's an ugly matchup because they can be fancy unfriendly to score against, but also B... Do you want to watch a north game? Like, if one of your guys <laughs> is playing against north, do you want to watch that game? Ugh. Mm. Um, Crisp has got Melbourne. Oh, jeez. That should be a good game for him. Yep. Look, And then the following week... Oh, look, Crisp's looking pretty tempting. Oof. Round 22, Geelong have got Brisbane and Collingwood's got Adelaide. All right, let me just say this. Um, if you own uh, Tom Rockliffe in your side, Peter... I would trade him out and get a better midfielder ahead of trading these forwards or defenders, to be honest. Yeah. Um, because... I, if you have yeah. an underperforming midfielder, um, even a Paddy... Oh, no, Paddy Cripps leave in for this week because he should have a good matchup. He's got but a good matchup. Tommy Rockliffe is just underperforming at the moment, um, and he needs a, a kick up the arse. So, <laughs> look, I, I would trade him out first if you own him. And if you don't, out of those just those two options, I like Stuart to Chris better. Just. Yeah, only just. Yeah. And I'm not super happy with it. It's tough at this time of the year, though, because people <coughs> have, you know, air quotes, completed teams. So you think, right, this is... All you can do is luxury trade. Yeah, all you can do is luxury trade, really, at this stage. So Or force trade. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> we you're met- my team. We mentioned Dion Prestia early, and I'm still pretty high on Dion Prestia. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I like it. Okay. So... We're, uh, we're about to play our favourite game for the week, Risk It for the Biscuits, and uh, I know all of you out there have heard this before, but we'll get into the rules. Siv Underdog, and you need one huge score for this week in particular. I mean, finals, that's always a big thing. You need that in finals. Hmm. This is the guy that you should be picking up. This guy has a great matchup, or this guy has great form against this team in the past, or at the venue, we think this guy is going to go big. Now, they have to be under 50% owned on Ultimate Footy, so that... You know, everyone can go out there and get them, or this could be 
done in most leagues. And generally, we can't have picked them twice before, but we do relax that rule towards the end of the year because otherwise you are scraping the barrel. Yep, and ultimately, we do this to try and help you guys. Exactly. And also get bragging rights over one another. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've had... Oh, I've had bragging rights for the past few years. You've definitely got bragging rights this year. So, so far. Exactly. You're so going to make up a little bit of ground, though. Ooh, I love it. Okay, so let's uh, re- uh, check the scores. So um, a couple of weeks ago... I'm only going to mention the one guy that actually did decently, who was Redmond for yeah. you, 83 points. That's worthy of one. That's a one-pointer. So the score is currently, I am on eight, you are on six. Interesting. Um, it's actually quite upsetting that we only have between us 14, yeah, correct? It's, it's not good, because obviously the for way the point season. system works, for anyone out there who does not know, uh, if a uh, midfielder scores over 95, you get two points. Over 100, sorry, you get two points. If they score over 85, you get one point. Um, mm-hmm. If a forward score or a defender scores over 90, that's two points. And if they score over 75, that's one point. So, yeah. um, And that's how little points we have. So this is a tough game to play. Yeah. This is this is a tough game. Um, it's been tough this year. Usually okay. we're a little better. So, I'm <laughs> first pick. <clears throat> and my first pick this week is Sam Reed, GWS Giants, defender forward. You know what? I think, that, I think that Josh Kelly coming back in will take all of his midfield time out. He'll be played in the back pocket and score a big fat 40. So enjoy that, Matt. Alrighty. That's, that's my spite call. <laughs> I know that hurts the listeners because we're trying to help you guys out there. But I also want to spite Matt. So, so. the thing for me that I really like about Sam Reed is that this isn't necessarily just a one-week risk it. You could potentially, if he plays well this week, you could potentially hold him for the rest of the season because he's got... Yeah, yeah, we heard it at the start. He's got Hawthorne, then he's got Bullies, then he's got um, Gold Coast. So his run home is great. All right. That's, yeah, that's enough from you. I get it. That that, that was a good pick. He was my number one pick going into this week and he does have a great run heading home. So I think that's a safe couple of points for you there, Matt. Um, Okay, my next, my pick is perhaps the riskiest pick that I've done in the history of the risky picks, which I have done for this podcast. Okay. I am going Eric Hipwood from the Brisbane Lions. That is a pretty risky pick. Coming off of a 90 last week, but I don't care about that 90 last week because they are playing Gold Coast this week, Mm. Brisbane. That is a tasty matchup for a marking forward who kicks goals in a team which is moving the ball better than almost any other team in the competition, barring maybe West Coast or... um, Actually, I think it's just those those two are top of the ladder at the moment in terms of the way they are moving the ball. It is extraordinary. Yeah. So if they can do that against the Gold Coast, just constant entries in there, I think Eric Hipwood is having a field day. And then you've got to ditch Eric Hipwood the week after. This is, <laughs> this is a one-week Band-Aid bring-in. Um, but yeah, I think this week, if you're desperate... Eric Hipwood could be a could be a good point. It's risky, but oh, this is I'm going for that risk, high, Yeah, high risk, high reward. It he could kick a bag, and he could do nothing. That's the risk, <laughs> and my biscuit hopefully will come to me next week. Alrighty, um, I've turned to the wrong page. Where is my <laughs> next pick? My next pick is a defender from Melbourne, thirty-seven percent owned again. Jake Lever. Jake Lever. Now, there's a slight injury concern there. I think he might have rolled his ankle slightly around half-time or so of um, last week's game. Missed a little bit of time in the third quarter, but did come back out. The thing that I like, he's been back 
five games from his um, injury. Last three, he's gone 78 versus West Coast, 81 versus Saints, and 64 versus Richmond. The Richmond game was a bit disappointing, but he did miss a bit of time with injury. Mm -hmm. The main thing for me, he's playing Collingwood next. Yep. Collingwood pretty much don't have a forward line at the moment. No, they don't. So he could go to town intercept marking. Oh, he could go. Particularly with Particularly with the news today that Mason Cox is out pretty much for the rest of the year with retina surgery. Yeah, so he had a tear in his retina, which is just a horrific that injury. That horrible. Poke in the eye leading to a tear in the retina. Jeez, that's horrible. That That, that is awful. Yeah. So I wish the best for him. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah. But that's... from a fantasy perspective, mm-hmm. well, he was really the glue that was holding together their forward line structure. So oh, No question. Lever, I think, is going to get a lot of opportunity to do what he does best this week. Yeah. So that is why he's my risk it. No, absolutely. I like that pick. I like that pick. Okay, so I would just like to give a, um, a quick uh, <coughs> consolation prize to uh, Charlie Cameron from the Brisbane Lions. He is owned by 51% of teams. <coughs> um, so I was desperate to bring this guy in because he is going to dominate this week against Gold Coast, in my opinion. Um, so I've gone very heavy on the Gold Coast against, by the way. Yeah. I think you really have I to stream that. against Gold Coast. But Charlie Cameron is available in a lot of leagues. He's not eligible for me to pick in this game, but go out and grab him for this week because he is going to be very good. Now, the Brisbane player that I will be bringing in, I'm pretty much going for anyone that's in the forward line, and I'm going for Oscar McInerney this week. I like You've gone to the Twin Towers. Yeah, I like the idea of bringing in a ruck forward as well because rucks are really tough to play against. Uh, to, to sort of pick. So I, I like him as an option, and he's owned by 41% of the league. He's had some decent scoring with an 83 and an 86 in the past three weeks, uh, but playing against Gold Coast is a different kettle of fish. So I reckon he's going to go very, very solidly. Very nice. I yeah. like it. I've got a couple of honorable mentions as well. Yep. Uh, just to give you some more food for thought for mm-hmm. the listeners. Uh, Ryan Clark, your boy that you've disowned. My boy. Disavowed? Uh, have, I, have I disavowed him officially or have I just... Yeah. You did on the podcast. You've disavowed oh, him. Yeah, I have. 42% yeah. owned. It's not the easiest matchup this next week against Port, but he's got Melbourne and the Saints after that. Depending on his role, like you said earlier in the podcast, mm-hmm. could be good, could be horrible. Be prepared for the like biggest 180 next week from me if he has another good game. <laughs> <laughs> be, just be ready for it. <laughs> uh, another Brisbane forward, 68% owned, Lincoln McCarthy. Yeah, had a great month a few weeks back. Slowed down a little bit, but Gold Coast this week. Aaron Norton, I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. coming up against Essendon, who really don't have m- many um, defenders left at this stage. And Jake Stringer, mm. 61% owned. He's got Bulldogs, Frio, and Pies to finish the mm-hmm. year. So who knows what the hell is going to happen there. Agreed. Keep an eye on whoever uh, for salary cap leagues. If... Um Brisbane decide to blood one of their youngsters in for Zorko this week against Gold Coast because mm. that could be a 170k option, whoever they decide to bring in. And that is our podcast for this week. Thank you so much for joining us out there. Remember, you can hit us up anytime on Twitter. We are at ExtendedBenchAU. Feel free to send us any questions. We're more than happy to help with your final choices. Jump onto iTunes uh, or Spotify. Give us a review. We always love reading what you guys have to say. And, uh, and you know, adding or changing anything that we need to because this is your podcast and we love yep. helping you out with your fantasy footy choices. But until next week, we will be back. Good luck for your finals matchups. 
I hope your PODs go big, and I hope your captaincy choices are better than some people's <laughs> last week. Better than mine. <laughs> but we'll catch you next week, guys. Catch you.